Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. It's that time again. Yes, indeed. It's time for another kick it episode of Shark Bite Biz. Once again, I'm your rock star host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during an environment that is nothing short of complete chaos. Seriously, you can't get any more clearer than that. So today's show, one word, stellar absolutely stellar. I brought in a fellow YouTube podcast host that also focuses in helping brands grow. Just like I do with Vision 33, I manage their Northeast region for SAP Business One during my day job. Today's guest, same thing. He's the president and founder of his business rebranding business. Just like me, (laughs) but he is better looking. (laughs) His business podcast is used as a branch of his general business to help grow his brand, but also to really help businesses and people really get just get the word out and educate them and teach them all these tips and tricks about rebranding and doing things more efficiently. There's a ton of similarity between both of our shows, and I think the value between both of us is that we go at them from different angles, but really good stuff comes out of it. Our guest appearance comes at a perfect time. This is our 31st episode of the show, and most of our previous guests have all talked about, hey, this is the perfect time to rebrand, reevaluate, and to see if maybe there's a better way to do things. Just don't keep doing things because that's how you did it, and that's the only answer. Maybe there's a better way. Take that step back right now, reevaluate, is there a better way to do things? And that's why I think this show coming up now, seeing that we may hopefully, hopefully, hopefully be at the tail end of this pandemic thingy, that would be pretty awesome. So who is today's guest? None other than Ed Howie. Ed is one of the most experienced business branding strategists in the world. He has a dual degree in journalism and advertising from the University of North Carolina, as well as his executive MBA. He has spent more than 30 years working for and with organizations like Chick-fil-A, H-E-B Grocery, 7-Eleven, Massage Heights, KFC, and Kroger. Whether as a consultant, an executive, or an investor, he has helped to create, develop, and launch more than 20 brand concepts for a variety of different consumer brands, leading to more than $200 million in revenue. In addition to helping other companies brand and market themselves, he is a serial entrepreneur who has founded multiple seven-figure businesses, including his flagship business, BTY Creative. As an avid philanthropist, Ed has spent the last decade serving on multiple boards and speaking across the country to educational institutions, government entities, nonprofit groups, and corporations, helping anyone and everyone he comes in contact with to find and tell their unique brand story. So let's bring Ed on in here. Business strategy. Welcome to Shark Bite Biz. We're so glad to have you here. Hey, David. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, no problem. So, obviously, I kind of know who you are, but we have a tradition on this show. I'm sure you've seen it. I know you watch the show. Uh, Can you tell us who is Ed Howie? What's your background? What's your experience? What do you do? What makes you you? So, wow. Okay. So what makes me, me, um, is, well, my nickname or persona is joy beast, uh, hence the inspire million joys. Uh, and kind of like you, as we were talking about, you know, why are you even doing this kind of thing? Um, I, I have a heart for entrepreneurs and, um, I just believe there's something magic about magical about those of us that have like put all or most of it on the line for a vision, for a dream, for an opportunity. And um, you typically have to be smarter with less resources. And so 
Um, I just, I, I want to uh, share anything I can with other fellow entrepreneurs and help them uh, basically lean into the principle of stewardship, which is doing all they can with what they have today. You know, mm-hmm. the last six months have taught us that what we thought we had, we may not have in the future. <laughs> and what we thought we were going to do is not a guarantee. And so, you know, you've got a, um, you've, you've, it is more difficult than ever to run a business. And so if I can do anything to help fellow entrepreneurs, um, remember why they get started and find joy even in the challenge, then that's what I love to do. So that's like me personally. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my mission in life. I just believe in the principle of stewardship. Um, professionally, uh, I own B2I Creative as uh-huh. well as on edhowie.com. We have Howie Grow a Brand, which is a YouTube podcast. So it's just yeah. like you. It's YouTube-centric with available on all the podcasts and yeah, I tell you, it's the first thing I've done as an entrepreneur with no financial objectives. <laughs> like literally, you know, there's all kinds of ways to monetize it. And, and personally, yep. you know, I'm working on a book and when keynoting returns, I anticipate more keynoting. But like it's not really like a sales funnel at this point. It's really just information, talking to great people like you and um, really just like having that conversation like you said that we can't have because uh, travel is rare and connections are, <laughs> are challenged. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I feel the same way. I mean, with this channel too, yeah, I've hit the monetization mark, stuff like that. But it's not about making money. If I make money on this channel, it's going to go towards maybe getting a studio or somebody produce the videos so that we can have some time <laughs> off. <laughs> no, uh, I understand. It's a big commitment. It is, it is. You know, it's... Um, I I have told actually I was on a call earlier. Uh, we actually recorded some episodes earlier today, and uh, we're in our studio that uh, we opened up a week before we all went mm-hmm. home to work from home. Right, uh, oh. and so, uh, but at the same point, we were able we've been able to use it for our clients, use it for ourselves. But right. you know what's crazy about this is that um, to me, what is great about the community of entrepreneurs is that. Um, as opposed to 20 years ago, it's really less about competition. It's more about collaboration and, you know, there's enough to go around, right? I mean, I don't, I don't need to be the only marketing and branding firm in the world. That's not my objective. Uh, I want to be the right firm, have the the right team for the right people. Uh, and so, uh, especially now more than ever, we just need to help each other out. Yeah, and that's a, a big part of what I do here with, with Sharp Bike Biz. Uh, fun fact is about five years ago is when I originally uh, registered the Dave and all that stuff, but I just never went with it. It was like, well, you know, there's like a billion podcasts out there. Why would people want to listen to me? And it wasn't until this pandemic hit that I was kind of forced into a corner to come up with something and it's actually like no people would want to listen to me if i'm out there sharing ideas from subject matter experts other businesses how they're getting through this tough time because there's so much knowledge out there that we're able to share within the whole community and help each other grow well and as an entrepreneur the lifestyle by nature is isolationism Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, whether it be our personalities that we think we have all the right answers, uh, <laughs> whether it be our dreams that we think we've got the dream nailed and, you know, we're going for it and, you know, we use our sweat equity and our just muscle and grit to make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. I've been a member, I'm a member of entrepreneurs organization EO okay. and, uh, that's an opportunity where, you know, you can meet with fellow business owners and actually sit around the table and and uh, learn from each other sharing. Uh, that process is challenged right now uh, as virtual. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we entrepreneurs, we 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 remain ultimately responsible, but we don't have to remain individually isolated. And so no, I that, love the fact that you're doing true. some of this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the conversation and yeah. I, here, I'll give you an example. 
I had Jenny Strong. I, I'm sure you can see the gorgeous bracelets that I have. Thank you, Jenny from uh, Jenny uh -huh. Mann from Strung. I actually just got these two in the mail from her today. I did okay. pay, by the way, but she sent Light. me a thank you note. <laughs> but uh, we had her on there, and it, it's like she thinks that she's just coming on to tell the story about her growing this rock string guitar, uh, you know, uh, guitar string rock jewelry company. And it's like, no, no, no. There's so many layers to this cake. There's Jenny, the lead singer of the band Blame Shift. There's Jenny, the individual and your career, how you went from a no rules lead singer, you know, to actually having a multi-million dollar successful business and, and transform into that corporate life. And there's a lot of different stories. And that's what I love about this show that you bring somebody on and they think like, hey, yeah, I'm just going to tell the business. But then you dig in a little deeper and you find out, wow, you changed careers from being this to that. Uh, I think one was like a funeral director to um, like some kind of fitness business online that's pretty successful. It's like that's pretty drastic. And yeah, exactly. I, I love to tell those stories because there's so many tr things we try to pack into each episode. Well, it's funny, you know, you talk about that and, and what I love is not just learning how entrepreneurs are managing the day to day, which is mm -hmm. helpful, but also like going back to the foundation story, the formation story, right? You know, kind of like what you're describing with Jenny. I was I was a corporate guy. I worked for uh, Chick Fil A uh, right. in I high saw school. That in your bio. Yeah, I worked for Chick Fil A starting when I was 15 uh, in North Carolina. I went to high school and college, and then 10 years corporate. And this was like 89 to 99 when we went from say. 270 restaurants to about seven, 800. I think we uh, wow. broke into our first billion. It's now like a 12, 13, $14 billion company. Um, so I was there and then I went with an upstart restaurant group. I was the first director of marketing at a company called Atlanta Bread Company. And then I know okay. you're in Pennsylvania, right? I'm in PA right now outside of Philly. Yay. Awesome. Where, where, in, where outside of Philly? I'm in Lansdale. Okay, I've got family from Wilmington, Delaware, so I know that's all okay, like okay. Yeah, pretty yeah, close to that area. Far. Yeah, so um, so but then I didn't ever imagine being in the grocery business. Uh, right. I thought I was kind of a restaurant retail guy uh, versus retail grocery, and um, I got recruited by a company here in San Antonio called HEB, which stands for okay. H E Butt. Uh, yep. You're probably very familiar with Wegmans. Oh yeah, um, Wegmans. Yes. So they are. So Wegmans and Meyer and HEB are three still large. I believe they're all three still privately owned, uh, and they are just like even, best in class. Sorry, I was gonna say I can't even go to Wegmans at this point. I get lost every time I go. Like I need that. This is the only grocery store. I swear, I need a map to find myself around. It, it is so insanely large out here. I've never seen uh, anything it's crazy. like it. Well, I, I got, so HEB is very similar to Wegmans. Um, yeah. And one of the reasons I got recruited by HEB was that the literally Charles Butt, the CEO, wanted to put a 3,000 square foot drive through fast food restaurant on the corner of basically a 95,000 square foot grocery store. Okay. This was 2000. Okay. This was like when home meal replacement was kind of bubbling. And so we had to mm -hmm. figure out a way to create a drive-through for a restaurant attached to a really, really big grocery store uh, without an ability to wrap the cars around a restaurant like you do at a Chick-fil-A or a right. And so we took, are, you're familiar with Sonic, I would assume yes, up there? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Well, I don't know so about we, out here, but I'm familiar with them from living out on the West Coast for many years. Right, okay. So, you know, Sonic has like the 50s drive-in where you pull mm -hmm. up to the, to the menu and place your order. So we combined a Sonic drive-in with a traditional pickup window so that multiple okay. cars could pull in and place their order. But then right. when your food is ready, we said you're good to go and you drive up to the window. Because okay. if you ordered fried chicken and I had like, say, just drinks and fries, we didn't right. want fried chicken order to hold up the drinks and fries. So it was a way to get efficiency. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was a little ahead of its time because um, the labor for a grocery store employee much higher cost per hour than for a fast food restaurant. And so profitably, yeah. while we did 1.4 million in sales, it just wasn't profitable at that time in that environment. Mm -hmm. 
now you fast forward 15 years, 20 years, and you see what's going on with food or retail. Um, but I kind of thought I'd be doing that kind of stuff my whole life. And um, if I don't always share this, but it's kind of interesting. My <laughs> 2003, I've been there three years, and my wife looks at me and says, are you happy? Mm-hmm. And now we're in the car with two kids under the age of six in the back seat, driving from North Carolina back to Texas from vacation. And I looked at her and said, with you? <laughs> I mean, like, where is this going? I'm in West Texas. She said, I better know the answer to that question. Um, she said, are you happy at HEB? And five minutes later, I responded by saying, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And she said, so what are you going to do? She goes, I know you're not. You haven't been for about six months. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and I responded like a really good husband and said, um, well, you know, you're not working kids, college insurance. What do you want me to do about it? And she asked me what is, I believe, one of the most powerful questions that we can ask ourselves. And that is, what makes you happy? Right. And what I realized is that my first response was, I like helping people sell stuff. And Mm -hmm. she, in her infinite wisdom, said, you want to be a salesman? I said, no, 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 no. (laughs) I like helping people do all they can with what they have. That whole principle of stewardship. And her question was the second best question, which was, can we make money doing that? And I was like, I think I can now. I don't know if you've ever done Strengths Finder. Are you familiar with Strengths Finder, Mark no. Buckingham? No. So, so, so I highly encourage, okay. uh, whether you love implicitly everything you're doing or not, I believe that self-awareness is one of the greatest paths to truly self-joy. No, it, if it, we can it truly, is. Truly, truly. You know what I mean, yeah. and I'm 53 years old and I'm still discovering stuff and, and, um, you don't so this look was, a day over 52, Ed. I like it. I like it. That's the goal. <laughs> so, so literally this was 17 years ago and strengths finder, you know, kind of a plug for strengths finder. You, um, you read the book halfway, there's a code in the back, you go online, you do the survey and the, the principle based on Gallup research is there's 34 core strengths. Mm-hmm. We each possess four or five primary strengths. Right. Um, the better aware you are of your strengths and the more you order your world around it, you're not only more effective, but you're happier. Happier. And so yeah. literally within 24 hours, uh, my five core strengths are ideation, strategic, winning others over, connectedness, positivity. Uh, the very last Sunday night in July of 2003, I printed off the report. I handed it to my wife. She read it, said, well, they nailed you. What are you going to do about it? I said, I think we're starting our own company. She said, can we make money doing that? I was like, I think so. And I resigned from HB two weeks later with a business plan, which was that there were business owners that needed access to a marketing executive, but couldn't right. didn't need to hire one full time. Mm-hmm. And we expanded from that to that there are basically owners and brands that need access to a marketing team, and they don't necessarily, they don't necessarily need one full time. And that's what we do. We're a marketing department for hire. Right. And how long have you been doing this for? Like, how long has that transition been? Uh, the transition was two weeks back in 2003, and okay. we just celebrated 17 years. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, it definitely sounds like, in retrospect, that it was the right choice. <laughs> uh, you know, it was. It, I can tell. I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, it was definitely the right choice because I was. Let's just say I was not the best employee. Right. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that uh, I mean I think I I got really good results, but I had a I had a what I'll call a dissonance. That I had this, I was this entrepreneur within this corporate employee world. And what I realized is that I can really help people visualize opportunity. Right. And I, while I can operate and I can run a great lunch in a restaurant and I can oversee 320 deli food service departments and get them selling the right product, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not where I get my joy. I get my joy from helping people discover the next opportunity and lead into it versus manage the current opportunity. Okay. So here's a good question for you. The world is at, and again, I'm using your words, a joy deficit. Okay. So yes, it is. How, how can your brand deliver some much needed joy to the community and importantly, their teams? Yeah, so I would say that, um, and man, I could talk to you for hours about joy. Um, let me, let me just. You know, simply, it's interesting. I, I've got to so, say because that is unique. With, you know, you hear being happy or positive for business, but 
I don't think I hear that many people talking about joy like you do. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I, um, there are many reasons why I am full of joy. Um, however, let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean I'm happy all the time. Okay. Right. And what I mean by that is that, um, I really struggled in March and April. Like, should I not be joyful considering all that myself, my family faced and have been facing what my friends, my peers, I mean, literally every single client has had their business model questioned and challenged. Right. And so to me, joy is, uh, as a friend said, a joy is recognizing, you know what? It's like game on. It's like, you know what? Um, it's having the confidence that you can either, you either have, you have the provision inside you or you have access to the provision to figure out the next right thing. And to me, the opposite of joy is fear. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very difficult. I, I do not thrive in the spirit of fear. So there's so much to fear right now, but the bottom line is I own a business. I have employees. If I live in the land of fear, I'm not going to serve my people and my customers, my community properly, because I will be limiting my effect. So Aren't there some say, people though that sorry, do thrive in fear? Fear um, is a motivator for them. I know if I'm under pressure, fearful, whatever, it usually helps me create an idea to get past what I'm fearful of. So I do believe there's a survival, a survival mentality. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, if I've been in situations where I've had to tap into that, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I, a consulting model that I use as far as one of the ways you generate change of behavior is right. fear, pain, or vision. Okay. What I would subscribe to and own is that fear can be an incredible behavior activator. It can okay. be a, an incredible instigator, but mm -hmm. operating out of fear does not mean you're operating into your fullness because right. There is a preservation protection mentality that if if I was operating in fear, I would not have hired two, two full-time employees in the last four months. Right. I mean, and and, and I, 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 I pray at 12 months from now, I am as confident <laughs> that was the right decision as it was. But I mean, I felt that, yeah. that, that we had more people needing us than ever before, mm -hmm. thankfully. Uh, unfortunately, many of them were paying us less than they had paid us in the past because of limited resources, because we're in for the long haul. We don't just, you know, we just don't take care of you in the good times. We're here right. to help you through all of it. And so if we had to adjust our services to help you get through that, we we're going to do that. That's how we operate. I believe in that firmly. Not every business can do it. Thankfully, we're blessed where we can. That yeah. being said is that um, when I was in the fear mindset, I was active but I was like protecting. It was like okay. lock the storehouse, limit resources. Um, oh my gosh, can, do we really need to spend $25 on tips, treats to send cookies to a client right now? Well, <laughs> the fear answer is no, save every dollar, right? right? I would say the joy answer is, do you want to share joy with that person? And do you believe it's the right thing to do? And it doesn't mean send them to Vegas for $3,000, <laughs> but maybe the $25 cookies, you can actually afford to do it. Does that make right. sense? No, no, that totally makes sense. And it is bringing, I mean, times like these, someone just randomly getting cooked. Who doesn't like cookies? You know what Who I mean? Who doesn't? I mean, <laughs> we, you know, it's been said that we can celebrate anything. But I think my point on that aspect is that um, as you talked about it, the joy deficit is right. that um, joy is not naivete. Joy is not like this, like expectation of bliss. It is basically confidence that uh, I firmly believe we as humans mm -hmm. have the capacity to be much stronger than we believe we are. Right. And I believe there are a ton of forces in the world that convince us, sometimes it's the people closest to us, that we're not as strong as we are. Okay. Right. And so I do agree that fear can like, that fight or flight is a powerful mm -hmm. like instigator, but if you're constantly watching your back, and I'm, I'm full of metaphors this, today, but if you're constantly walking, watching your back, 
you're not looking forward. Right. And I, I believe that one of the greatest principles of business, if you're not selling more next year than you are this year, you're not going to be as strong a business. Right. And so right. by nature totally as entrepreneurs, agree. we've got to drive it forward. And frankly, if we're not going to do it, who in our team is? And if they're yeah. driving it more forward than we are, uh, shame on us, in my opinion. Oh, definitely, definitely. I have a long say, you know, long time cliche that I've always lived by, and it's that if you're not moving forward, you're going backwards. Saying, you know, staying still is the same as moving backwards. You've yeah. always got to be moving forward. So when you're looking at that, then, I mean, do you view it that you're playing offense, defense? I mean, what's the kind of mindset that goes through? So it's interesting. Is this this conversation, this issue of offense defense, came up randomly uh, an hour ago with <laughs> someone who's a former athlete, and she subscribed to the fact that offense is important, but defense is essential. Defense and wins championships. I, it does. Lee Corso <laughs> is what wins football games, right? Yeah, and so. I do believe that defense is essential. So, so I, I also I'm going to give us give a brief aside here is that I don't want to lead us into the trap, which is the word or, mm -hmm. is because right now we're living in the world of or. You either believe this or this. You either do this or this. So I, I will tell you, I believe that it's both. Okay, I believe that you have to do both as a business leader. However, I believe that if, again, it's kind of like that joy-fear thing, David, mm -hmm. is that if I'm spending the majority of my resources defending the basket and I don't score, then unless they do not score, I don't win. Right. Okay? And how many games have you enjoyed where the score's been 0-0? Zero, zero? Probably not many. Not many. Okay? So I would rather it be like – how do we score and score and score? And it's okay for you to score. There's enough to go around, but you're not going to score right. more than I am. And that's <laughs> either I'm either going to score more than you are, or I'm going to prevent you from scoring more than you can. And so I think that's it, a good analogy. I, I think that'll really connect with people to kind of break that out so that you could hear how offense and defense can kind of work together and not be offense or defense. Yeah, I mean, I will tell you that, I mean, you can have – I mean, I I don't want to play a game where it's just a matter of me winning versus whatever the obstacle is, the opponent is, me winning just because I happened to have the ball when the time ran out. I want it to be because we clearly won the game. And, right. and, and I will tell you that, I mean, this sounds like fairy dust ideally, is that it kind of goes back to there's enough to go around. I don't... I don't like we don't focus with our clients on how can you take out the competition. It's right. how can you beat the competition? You know what I mean? And right. so the what and, and and so so let me tell you what I believe is offense when it comes to branding. Okay. And that is our principle of first, best, and only. And that okay. is if you you are either a brand or you're a commodity. All right. Mm -hmm. Now I don't know, um, like Sometimes the word commodity like confuses people. And basically, the, the way I look at a commodity is a commodity is something that is essential, but the market sets its value. Right. Okay? So like corn's a commodity, right? Yep. Um, and you can pay like 55 cents for 8 ounces or 12 ounces of corn in a can, or you could pay $3.99 in Wegmans frozen section for that same 8 ounces tossed with olive oil and cilantro and sea salt frozen that you can microwave in a bag for three minutes. Right. It's still the same eight ounces of corn basically. Mm -hmm. Right. But you've got a margin between 80 cents and three ninety-nine. So I like to play in the three ninety-nine world <laughs> versus the 80 cents. <laughs> and so we believe one of the ways that entrepreneurs can lead their companies into doing that right. is are they first at something? Meaning are they right. first and sometimes that's just first in the customer's mind, but you got to be first. And then what they've chosen to bring to the world, is there something about it that you're better than other people, that is your best? Okay. Uh -huh. Now, if, if your market is San Antonio, Texas, and you're not trying to be a global brand, 
you don't have to beat everyone who's doing it in the world. You just have to beat right. people that are doing it in your market. Now, e-commerce expanded that. That's a whole it makes it uh, very Wait. hard to do it locally anymore because we're in so so connected right now to not even just nationally but internationally. Yeah, you can I mean, be this competing with, channel. That's right. right. <laughs> you you can be competing with this little mom and pop shop down in Peru for all that you know. It, it, it exactly. makes it very tough. So, so, but, but are you building best into the customer experience? Is there something about the way that you have orchestrated this whole customer experience that sets you apart? Because that's really what right. branding is. You set it, you set yourself apart from other like items. And going then, back to all, bringing joy to your community too. Heck yeah. I mean, that's a great <laughs> way to do it. And then only is a standpoint that does your, do some of your customers believe you're the only solution for it? You know, I don't have one in my pocket. I just took it out of the studio, but uh, actually, um, I don't know what happens if I stand up. I'm going to stand up. Hold on a second, okay? So <laughs> I'm going to use a little visual example. We love visual examples here. All right, so this right here, can you see what that is? That looks like a red Sharpie magic marker. It is a Sharpie magic marker. And so when I have the opportunity to keynote throughout the country, especially before all of this, um, at some point in the question, I, I could be in a room with 300 or 3,000 people, and I would, I would ask a question, how many of you own a Sharpie? Raise your hand. And I will tell you, without counting every hand, 80 to 90% of the room would raise their hand. And I say, leave your hand up if you know exactly where your Sharpie is right now. <laughs> and almost everyone keeps their hand up, okay? You know where your Sharpie is. They must you not know have some, kids. <laughs> I'm telling well, you. You know where you put it last, right? <laughs> right. You know? but, but, but in all seriousness, think about it. You know that that black Sharpie is in the drawer over the trash can in the kitchen or in the right. utility drawer or it's on your desk next to your calculator, right? Right. Um, and so uh, it looks like you've got a blue one to your left. That may be a highlighter to your right, yeah, actually. This is a Sharpie highlighter. All right. Now, we'll we'll, okay. we'll see if that's still there come this time tomorrow. <laughs> I, I hear you. So so what we talk about with branding and 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 this can be I believe any brand because I mean think about it as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you start this business and risk some or all because you think the right. world needs what you're bringing, right? Yeah. So the deal is if they don't see you as the best solution for them. Mm -hmm. or the only place they want to go, or that best, even better yet, you're the first one that showed them how to do it, so why would I try anything else? If right. you can own first, best, or only, or combination of those, it's amazing what you do. And we believe that these little unexpected elements of joy are those kind of things that can differentiate. Um, right. I'll give you a quick example. A restaurant um, that we had not been to in over a year, um, things are opening up a well, they're, they're opening up meaning like limited capacity, but, right. um, outdoor seating, that kind of stuff. So my wife and I went out to dinner actually in a outdoor restaurant, uh, Friday night to a restaurant in San Antonio, within, in San Antonio within yeah. two miles of our house that we had not been to in over a year, like way pre-COVID. Wow. Okay. Um, we enjoyed it so much that we ordered dinner from that same restaurant Saturday night to go curbside. We ordered the same entrees, and um, it, it made no sense. But we were we were hunkered down in our den watching uh, college football, which it was peculiar, but it was better than nothing. Uh, and we just decided, you know what, we're gonna have we're gonna order dinner from this restaurant. We right. ordered dinner, we bring it home, we set up the TV trays, and we we pull out all the food and we're putting it all out and there's this little bag and there were two like of these most incredible chocolate brownie cookies and one little brown, brown butter sugar cookie. We didn't pay for it. We didn't ask for it. They offered us dessert. We didn't order it, but we got that little something extra. Right. And let me tell you two things that happened in that transaction. One is when I gave them my credit card on the phone call, they wouldn't take American express because they're trying to save money by not, um, using American Express. I just think that's one of the stupidest things business owners can do. But uh, I Believe me, I go through the same thing. 
<laughs> why would you literally tell a customer you're not going to accept the way they want to pay? That is insane. Right. Anyway, yep. because that 1% is really going to make your difference. Anyway, mm-hmm. we'll go. that's another episode. Yeah. Maybe, right? And then <laughs> the second issue is that I had a $10 coupon that I'd received in the mail the day after. So Saturday morning, my wife gets a mail. We're looking at it, and there's a card for $10 off at this restaurant. It's one of the reasons why we ordered. Well, I left the card at the house. Okay. Oh. And so when I showed up, they brought the food. They asked for the card. I didn't have it. They didn't say bring the card in. I didn't read the right. fine print. So they told me they were going to have to add the $10 back to my ticket. But they could oh. do that since they already had my visa number. I was like, whatever. Um, however, they then gave us two chocolate cookies and this brown sugar cookie, which was like phenomenal. And I tried not to yeah. eat a lot of sugar. It was so worth it. And I was like, you know what? They won because they ultimately wooed me. We have a principle called right. woo, not poo, is that we believe, <laughs> I mean, we, we, but think about it. You're, you're, you talk about offense, defense, right. our customers are scoring us all the time, right? Right. They're giving right. us thumbs up or thumbs down. They're, we're either putting points on the board or they're taking them away. And so mm-hmm. we went from woo to woo to poo to poo. And then they threw those cookies back in. We didn't pay for them. Totally unexpected. Gave us the woo. We're going to eat there again. And we're going to use that during card and carry it in next time and save $10. Yeah. And we're going to be happy about it. That's, that's they, great. It, but, but think about it. If they had just, if they had left us, if they hadn't thrown those cookies in, whose idea was that? I have no idea. It we would have ended. Right. Exactly. You may not have eaten ended on a poo. years. Right. I've been like, oh, you know what? That was nice. It was really good, crazy to have the same meal twice. But you know what? Not worth the effort. And so yeah. I say that to say is that you asked about joy and this whole offense or defense is no matter what business you're in, if you're an entrepreneur, you better be thinking really hard about every step of the customer or client experience right now. The last thing you want to do is make it more difficult for someone to do business with you. And the really last thing you want to do is do anything that causes them to want to look somewhere else. Right. Because things are tough and they're going to get tougher. And I believe it's going to take more customers for most industries to generate the same sales moving forward. And the Mm -hmm. last thing you need to do is like have self-inflicted wounds on your brand. Right. You didn't want to lose 1% on an American Express I, transaction. I totally, totally agree. Vision 33, my day job, we stopped accepting, uh, you know, our margins are thin in our industry and we stopped accepting it when things were up high. But the moment this pandemic hit and stuff, I mean, now we accept Amex again on auto pay. Uh, it yeah. was that quick for them to adjust of the new realities like, Hey, we want to eliminate any barriers for people to pay us. We need to collect the Amen. money to make the payroll. So yeah. I, I'm glad that I'm with a forward-thinking company that was able to really just grab it. And now, I mean, our company, because of those types of moves, we're in a really good position going forward, you know, to come out the other end, possibly even stronger than we were before we went in. I believe that... There are going to be winners <laughs> mm-hmm. in every industry that that have been very deliberate, like you said, about removing obstacles mm-hmm. and giving your customers more reasons to stick with you. Because I got to tell you, I've seen, okay, we, th- there's, sales and profits are important and cash flow is even more important. <laughs> yeah. But what you... Well, uh, I'm not in it just to make money. You got to make money. Exactly. I want to. I want to grow net worth of myself as my individuals, as a principal of stewardship, my team. I I want them to. I want them to stay with us as long as possible and not leave because that they're not happy and or they feel like there's a better opportunity somewhere else. If it's better opportunity for them to grow, that's great. But but if it's better opportunity because they want something different, that's the same. That's not good. All right, that was inside. Let me just say this: <laughs> is that. Um, that I believe that there are brands that are going to have an abundant opportunity to serve more customers in mm-hmm. the future than they can ever imagine right. because they took a hard look and said, what is it that we need to do that is impeding us from doing all we can with what we have? 
You know, right. I will tell you this, and you know, if, if they're listening, I apologize. But you know, this whole notion of trying to do everything for every client, every customer—that is something you want. But we had a client that we had been, we've worked with off and on for several years. We appreciate the relationship. They needed something done within 24 hours that we were going to have to ultimately not do something for a client we'd already committed to if right. we took that on. Okay. Because it was going to take more hours than they imagined or than, than we had ourselves. Right. And we had to tell them no. And their response was totally understand. It was a short ask. We'll be back in touch in a couple of weeks about the next project. You know, I, I don't like saying no, but sometimes you have you to need push. To you, you need to push back. I mean, it's like, hey, I want to give you the world, the sun and the moon. But, you know, if it's impossible or by you doing it, you're you're risking doing it bad or whatever, rushing it. Uh, you have to know when to stay firm. I totally agree. And, and it wasn't about like, you know, it wasn't an ego play. It was like, literally, we were not convinced we could give you what you needed in the time without hurting oh, yeah. someone else's business. And we had already committed to other things. So we had to honor that. You know, yeah, they yeah, could have totally said, understand. they could have said, frankly, screw you. They could have said, <laughs> um, you know, you know what, actually, if, can you do it in three more days versus one, you know, or they could have said, hey, no worries. We understand, which is what they said. And we're thankful for that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So we do got to get going, but I am told before we head out that I must ask you, and quickly Uh too because of time, uh, what are the three R's for marketing and brand management? Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So so, um, I'm not, I don't know if these are the three R's like moving forward forever, but they kind of are. And, um, I, let me frame it by, I hate the word pivot, okay? Yep. Because pivot to me seems like a temporary band-aid. It's kind of like playing defense, okay? So You're making me understood. change all my marketing now. Thank I you. I know, sorry. This we'll is all about, about how businesses pivot during the pandemic. Bam, I, I have to go re-edit all my, my stuff. Well, <laughs> well, pivoting is essential, but don't stop there is my point. Okay, right. so this is mm-hmm. the deal, is that your customers – in many industries have been latent, meaning they have been yep. disconnected. They have been less likely to buy. They've been less likely to the house. So the first thing brands have to do is remind. They have to okay. remind their community they exist and why they matter and what they are hopefully first, best, and only for them in. Okay. Yep. So remind. And that doesn't mean spending $20,000 on a TV ad or $200,000 on TV ad. There's so many clever ways you can remind. But mm-hmm. if someone hasn't transacted with you in the last six months, don't just think they're going to remember you when things open up. You got to remind them of your relationship. Okay. Right. Second is reimagine as versus pivot. If you spend all this effort to figure out how to survive the next four weeks, and then that money is lost because you have to go back to something, you're just spending a lot of money trying to save four weeks, but you're not literally seeing how it could be a long-term business strategy. Right. So I survival is survival. We talked about that, but Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to reimagine what your customers need. Don't just pivot to try to protect, again, survive. And right. then third, and that is reinforce. And that is, think about, you know, I don't know your personal situation, but I think I can safely say that you have more stress in your life the last six months than you had the six months before. <laughs> is that safe to say? For me, yes, definitely. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't mean you didn't have stress before, but I mean, right. we are all like operating with this like, the significant amount of insecurity and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And so if we do not reinforce why we and what we do matters to our community as or in our prospects, there's so many reasons for them not to think about us and not to choose us. We've got to reinforce and remind and reimagine to be, to be an offensive playing proactive brand that leads boldly. And that's very joyful. That is, and enjoy it while you're doing it, because man, yeah. there's a lot of things not to enjoy right now. But you know what? I, I didn't start this. I didn't start this business 17 years ago to like not be able to navigate this mess. You know, yeah. we're getting through this, and we're gonna we're gonna bring our brands with us. And that's good. I love I love the confidence that you have there, and you just know it because you're just 
totally bought into the positive way and it, it really really shows so i guess last thing I'll, I'll let you say whatever you want here to end as far as do you have any words of advice for any small business owners out there struggling trying to get sales anything like that uh do you have any advice you want to give them yeah so the 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 first advice would be that um that if you're desperate don't just buy the next media that walks in the door, literally or figuratively, okay? Be deliberate about how you're intending to spend your money. Can you hear that music? No, I, I can't oh, hear funny. music. I've got music in my ear. That's funny. <laughs> so, um, so first is, is even in panic, be deliberate. Second is remember why you started. Why did you believe that this was going to be the thing people need? they still need it and uh -huh. so live into that and then third yeah your customers are stressed but so is your team so mm -hmm. if you're not being deliberately loving on your team you need to deliberately love on your team because <laughs> life is hard right now and you want them fully fully aware that it's going to get better oh no great advice and i think that's so true i mean even at vision 33 you know we're constantly checking in with them constant communication i have with my team making sure that they're able to handle hey you're working from home you're a school teacher you know and you're also employed full-time with us everything's okay that's right that's right and Just they love figure it out today yeah. 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 Awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, Ed, this has been an amazing, very insightful interview. I think we covered about awesome. 30 different topics. It's been great. <laughs> That's kind of how we roll. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you? So, um, so we are, uh, are building a community and that right. community is how we grow a brand. And that community is, uh, the easy way to access is, is through our YouTube channel, how we grow a brand. You can uh, basically subscribe to our channel. We've got about nine, 10 episodes out there. Um, yep. We've got, we're available on podcasts as well. And then on edhowie.com, if you go in and actually uh, enter your email address, we've got a video about the power of five. And it is five simple ways to positively affect your business for good uh, that almost any business can do. And it's a cheap, uh, uh, it's a, it's a simple way of being able to describe some of the basics of how do you really make your brand resonate now more than ever and no, so um, yeah and and we're doing similar to you you know look forward to visiting with you more about what you do in a future episode oh, yeah. hopefully on how to grow a brand yeah. but um, I'm just visiting with there. other entrepreneurs heck yeah because it's like you know what um it is great to know that we're not alone we're not alone yeah no, we, we definitely aren't. And you're not going to be alone because everybody's going to click the links in the description to see your YouTube channel and also awesome. your edhowie.com website. So, um, yeah, do you have any other anything else you want to say? No, man, I appreciate the opportunity to visit, you know, and, and um, the cool thing about this is that um, you're chatting with me today is reminding me like today started off as a very Monday Monday. We were chatting before uh. we recorded. Yeah, you know, the Mac, the Mac blew up at nine fifty-five. <laughs> all that stuff. But you know what? Uh, we're living and breathing, yeah. and we got it going. You know, yeah, it Tomorrow's all turned out better. okay. It all turned out okay. It wasn't what we imagined, <laughs> no. And we had to reimagine. Yes, but you we know did. what? We still, we still accomplished what we needed to today. So that's yeah. good. Yes, we did. Hey, thank you again, Ed. And I am sure you'll be back in the show a couple months from now. Awesome, I'll man. See you then. Take yep. care. Be Take well. care. Bye bye. Wow, that was an awesome, awesome, awesome interview with Ed Howie. I totally loved it. I've also got to admit, he's got a way better studio than what I got. But uh, don't worry, we'll get there one day. So let's just jump right in. The joy deficit. I've got to admit, I've never heard of a joy deficit prior to my interview with Ed. But it is so true. The more I think about it, Ed... After the interview, when this has kind of sat in, with all the craziness and instability going around, there is a joy deficit. And you're in a powerful spot right now to help spread some joy around. I think Ed's story about even during these uncertain times to go out and just spend a couple bucks to bring joy to your clients 
is a golden nugget of knowledge. Too many people are looking at things, I think, very black and white, meaning they're stopping spending because resources and financials, I mean, they're, they're probably not in an excellent spot. And they're basically thinking, hey, we've got to conserve every penny. While that is true on the surface, you should probably try to be very fiscally responsible. Little gestures like buying cookies will help bring smile to faces. It's not going to break the bank. And if 20 or 25 bucks for one customer for batch of cookies does break the bank, then we've got a lot bigger issues with your company that we need to be talking about. Those cookie munching office employees of your customer, they're going to love them. They're going to enjoy them. And it's a really good relationship building move in these times. You know, that these times are so rough for so many people and companies. So I guess what I'd like to say is do not be complicit in the joy deficit. Make people smile. <laughs> so much good stuff is in this video. So another point I wanted to bring up is about the offense versus defense discussion. Are you a brand or are you a commodity? Even with being a commodity, though, I mean, you've got to look at the silver lining. You can still control your value add for your product. His story about corn and how you just throw in some cilantro, some lime flavor, and put it in the frozen section, bing, bang, boom, you know, that is allowing you to control the value add for that commodity, and you're getting a lot higher price than if you just sold the same old boring product yourself. So that really kind of wraps into selling the reward, not the product. And lastly, I just kind of wanted to reinforce this three R's for marketing and brand management. Remind, reimagine, and reinforce. This is the perfect time to really push those three R's for your business. So make sure you check out the How We Grow a Brand YouTube channel. The link will be down in the description. And if you sign up on his website, theedhowie.com, uh, you'll be able to get his Power of Five information, super secret classified business tips that look pretty solid. I've seen them, they look amazing. So have you used the three R's at all? Leave a comment in the description below and let's get this conversation flowing. As always, if you've enjoyed this video, please make sure you smash that subscribe button. No matter what platform you're on, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you're at, hit it. But most importantly, if you found this interview to be helpful for you to be able to grow your business, to spark some ideas that can maybe rejuvenate you know your business your flows how you're doing things you know please share the video let's help get the word out let's help grow this community and don't forget to check out the awesome merchandise we got look at this beautiful shark bite pigs mug at the shark bite biz merch store that link will be in the pinned comment below on youtube or on the description if you listen to the audio podcast and lastly remember i'm david strasser this is Shark Fight Biz, and I'll see you next episode. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.